All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over live. What is actually happening with the Bay Area real estate market? How are things trending? I have the fortunate opportunity to help lots of clients. So I get to see firsthand what is actually happening week by week. But there's also a lot of news that are happening every week. And this is a live show. So if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns about the Bay Area market, feel free to leave it in the comments below. Uh, I, I will answer and address everything in as soon as I can. And uh, it sure means a lot for me to help so many different people. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Let's go over the headline articles of the week. Apple buys big Sunnyvale buildings, solidifying Silicon Valley presence. We all knew this. Apple's not going anywhere. iPhone maker purchased Sunnyvale building the tech titan was leasing. iPhone maker paid $44 million to purchase the property. This is going to continue to happen, especially as I mentioned uh, over and over and over again. If you think about what these big tech companies have been doing, they're, they are encroaching each other's space. They're encroaching each other's space for several reasons. They know at the end of the day, those are where their talent pool is. And those are where all of their employees are in that particular area. Hence, they try to go very, very dense in that market. So it's been very interesting to see. And we're going to see a lot of purchases for this happening. Because if it goes up for lease and that becomes available, now at the end of the day, that company, that ownership, that owner may want to uh, keep that existing tenant. But at the same time, why don't we just leave it to the open market then? Now, if it's the open market... Guess who's going to be bidding against one another? All the big tech players will be competing with one another. So I think you're going to see a lot of these opportunities. Any opportunity these companies can buy that land and buy the building itself, this will likely happen. And money is no issues, right? For these companies, they are printing money, literally printing money. They have infinite money. They can't spend it fast enough. Look at their balance sheets and look at their cash reserves. It's absolutely incredible. They cannot spend it fast enough. And so when it comes to growth and when it comes to location and when it comes to these these things, you're going to see this happening every single month. Uh, I guarantee that. That's that's going to be very, very clear. That's the game plan from these corporate real estate companies. In the past, uh, be, you know, especially these prime areas, they want to make sure that the competitor does not take a bunch of their footprint. And now where else are they going to go? Right, there's only so many buildings in Mountain View, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, if, if they lose that, uh, all that space, they're not going to be able to really build there. There's not that many spaces to build. So they're going to solidify their existing presence. Next, big developer assembles prime peninsula real estate sites near SFO. We continue to see all these different types of deals happening as well. A lot of developers continue to find that the Bay Area real estate market, especially in San Mateo County, these prime markets are very valuable spots. And look at this. These are like really old buildings. Holiday Inn Express next to San Francisco Airport. Right? These are very, very old uh, spaces on an old restaurant. So we're going to see a lot of these opportunities. Take vacant lots, underutilized spaces, potentially move them together and combine them into something else. And you have these big players that will see these as great opportunities whenever these existing owners sell the place. What's pretty wild, if you actually realize, like a lot of these other places are owned, maybe not by, especially something like this is so underutilized. It just may be some individual or some small family that owns this space altogether, right? It's not like anything complex. 
It's not like a very sophisticated, um, you know, development firm or a hedge fund or a, uh, a private equity firm. It could just be individuals that own this. And when they say, wow, these guys are willing to pay me this much, all right, I'll sell it. And then those people, for them to buy at this price, because if you think about these businesses, there's no way these businesses are worth anywhere close to, to paying for this. Look, they spent $55.7 million for three parcels, right? There's no way any of these businesses are anywhere close to you know that, that kind of income to generate that kind of return. But the beauty, and not just for commercial, but also individual land is, what is the value add that you can do? Because I guarantee what they're going to be doing afterwards is going to be creating a whole lot more value. The cash flow is going to be tremendous. And it's a it's a, going to be a uh, class A type of property. So be on the lookout. Just be mindful of this. There's a lot of ways to add value. When you say, look, it's just a little restaurant. It's a Holiday Inn Express. No, it's a, it can be a whole lot more if they understand zoning, understand the options. Now, uh, the so this is a good question. I'm going to actually bring this up. And thank you so much for tuning in, J&M Inspection Services. What do you think remote work will do to the Silicon Valley market? The remote work aspect has already played out. And this is not new. We still talk about it two years later. But it's not people act like it's a new phenomenon. But it really depends on the company and where their growth is and where their general, their base of employees are. What I actually, what I typically see is those that are uh, more in more mature companies, like Autodesk. Autodesk is not a, I mean, Autodesk is obviously doing phenomenally well, but they're not a hyper growth, hyper profitable one, like big tech companies, right? They're a great, great company, but not anywhere close to the scale that they are. And so for them, and they're not making as much money, they have to be more cautious about how they spend money. They have to be cautious about their expenditure, cautious also about their employees, right? They've always had a, a more challenging time hiring people, especially when you have big tech throwing money everywhere. And so you'll see these examples like Autodesk that will that may pull back. I wouldn't be surprised if you see other bigger uh, tech companies, more a little bit more legacy, like the previous uh, internet 1.0 kind of era. We're all talking about web 3.0 now, but web 1.0, let's say like Cisco networking companies, these companies, I would expect that they'll continue to trim back their corporate real estate space. I would, I would, I would assume that they would encourage more hybrid workplace. It'll help with the retention. It'll help with the recruiting. It'll lower their cost. I see that happening across the board. At the same time, you can also see what big tech companies are doing. There's no shortage of money. They have no issues spending money. They have no issues generating money. And for them, they're in hyper growth mode. And if they're in hyper growth mode, they know that at the end of the day, they want core talent and they will continue to spend the money in core talents. So hence why you see a lot of examples, right? Seattle still continues to blow up and do very well. Bay Area blows up, continues to do extremely well. Austin blows up, does very well. Parts of New York blows up, does very well. You want to follow how they are thinking and how they're spending their money. And that will give you a very clear indication as to if they're spending their money that way, there's reasons for that. And locally around that, that market, it reflects that as well. But the beauty of this kind of environment is that people then also have more flexibility than ever before, right? Raise your hand, send a note, leave it in the comments below. How many of you or have friends that have considered to live in a place that they never considered in their life in the Bay Area, regardless of how long they live here? Number two, how many of you guys have a stigma of what you thought a specific area looked like, right? 
Like how many of you thought of, oh, Livermore? I would never want to live in live, live in Livermore. Tracy, never live there. Um, Contra Costa County, Concord area, never want to live there. Uh, that's changing altogether, right? Because everybody has the flexibility if they want to choose that. And so a lot of people say, you know what? I still want to be close to friends. I love the Bay Area. My work is still likely here. I'm willing to endure the traffic for those days. I do go in for an exchange for a bigger house. And that's the beauty of what's going on, right? This is a this is a push and pull. And some people like to go further. Some people like to go closer. I have a client that's been looking at Mountain House. We look at some new construction. They're all pretty much sold out there too. And who's out there? Generally more families, right? They want the bigger space. That's the whole reason why people would like to go so far out is you get a bigger home. Maybe schools are a little bit better as well. More developed, uh, cleaner, right? I mean, it's a brand new community. So there's uh, it's just only homeowners that live there. And so that's the beauty of what's been going on over the last two years is this, this, this ability for movement. Now, whether they choose to do it or not, you can see across the board, prices continue to go up in almost every market. So that shows you clearly there's a lot of people in the Bay Area that are converting either from a renter to an owner or they're doing a trade up from an owner to a second owner and they may be renting out their existing spot. Next. San Jose Prime Real Redevelopment Site near downtown is bought. This is going to keep happening. Nothing special. We're going to see a lot of these use cases where you have existing owners that are like, hey, look, I don't. I just want to maintain this building and only care. Oh, wow. Someone's willing to pay me a very big premium because they're going to, they have grand plans to do all this work. All of this work is not easy. They require expertise. They require connections within the government to be very familiar to pull the right strings. At the same time, they know how to do this and they know how to add value. So you're going to see a lot of these things shuffle around. Last but not least, Sephora. I've actually been to this office uh, many, many years ago. Um, Sephora signs biggest new SF office lease of the pandemic at Salesforce building. Nice. The LVMH owns company subleased 286,000 square feet across 16 floors. They previously occupied all 30 floors in the tower until it scaled back its offices due to remote work and listed around half of 350 Mission Street for sublease in 2021. They will move into the space in 2023, consolidating two existing offices uh, there. So it's a pretty big deal, right? I mean, the, the corporate real estate market in San Francisco has not done well at all, especially with all these kind of delays. And especially with if you think about the companies that are there. They're very different than the big tech companies, um, very different culturally, very different of where they think of how things are progressing. But that's a good sign that there is some movement. And this is the largest one, 286,000 square feet, 16 floors. So for anyone that works at Sephora, looks like you will probably have the opportunity to be back in. But they seem to um, they still seem to uh, be shrinking slightly, but there's still going to be continued movement, especially as. The return to the office seems to be a lot more imminent as long as we don't have any another crazy variant that's going to be even worse than what we have now. And let's wrap up for the week. Let's talk about two things. I got a question. Uh, so feel free to uh, leave any questions or concerns that you may have. Uh, feel free to text me. You see my numbers are below. I'm the one that will personally answer the call. So feel free to text or call 408-547-4590. So I'm going to go over the market data and I'm going to wrap up with a question of the week from one of our uh, followers of what's going, going on with the market. And I'll answer that shortly. 
Take a look, 123 new listings, 107 contingent pending in San Mateo. Take a look at the prices. The prices have actually have changed slightly from what I thought of last week. I thought they would continue to rise. It's actually decreased a little bit from the previous week. We are three weeks into January, still much higher than December. So you do want to compare to the data of what has sold in October, November to get a sense as to what they'll probably go for right now in San Mateo County. Condos and townhomes have actually been very flat. If you're an investor and you're thinking about a potential bet, that's a contradictory bet, um, I would say make a bet potentially at condos and townhomes in San Mateo County. They are overlooked because of the lack of the need for the return to work. So if your bet in your bull case is that, then bet on these condos and townhomes. You can see everything else has done very well over the year, but not condos and townhomes. And so that may be a very good bet. And I know many of my investors are making that bet as we speak. Next, Santa Clara County, 352 new listings. This is a lot of new listings. Look at how much it was for, for December. A whole lot more. We are back to plenty of options. 269 contingent pending. Prices though in Santa Clara County continue to rise. I see it for myself. I made a couple of bids this week. Fortunately, didn't get them. But I see it for myself. Prices rising. Condos and townhomes, as you can see, actually declined. I don't, I don't think this is going to be the case. I think as we whack up in January, we will see this actually at a higher amount. This is probably some um, cheaper condos that have sold. But given what I see of making offers in like Sunnyvale, San, San Jose, they have all been higher than the past. So we should see this adjust as we progress through the weeks. Next, Alameda County, 332 new listings, 203 contingent pending. You can look at the figures. Rebounded from December lows. December was a good time in, in Alameda County to buy. You can see it has already picked up close to what it was in November. November was the highest time of the year. So that is going to be interesting to see. We should see more of that increase, especially in the Tri-Valley. So for any of you guys that have clients or not clients have friends or family looking at Tri-Valley and um, obviously love to help them every step of the way, send that intro to me. The... Um, I, I would expect you're going to see continuous rises there. Um, I've seen it myself from the offers that I made out there and what they're going for before they go become public. You're going to be surprised if you think the market is dropping or if it's flat. As long as you understand like that's where the market is going and where the market is, then you'll do fine. But that's the situation. You can see condos and towns have been relatively flat. San Francisco, I will, I'll pull this up at the end of the month. So next month, I'll pull up that figure. So the question that I, that was brought up to, to me for this week is, why is there so little inventory in the Bay Area? That is a question. And that is a question that will last for a long time. And the reality is this. The reality is there's a lot of people moving to the Bay Area. There's a lot of people still in the Bay Area. And there's a lot of renters and there's a lot of homeowners that need more space and need a bigger space. However, historically, a lot of people would have to have sold their previous place to buy new space. So we have this challenge, right, with just the movement of people. Everybody needs more space, without a doubt, right? If you have one person, two people work from home, now you may have a baby over a COVID. Over COVID, there's so many newborns that have occurred. The, the need for more space for an extra room and for extra square feet is there. The fact is most people have the ability to buy the next house without selling their existing one. So they will just rent that out. So historically with that change of adding more space, 
uh, or, or needing more space because you need to use those proceeds to sell is not happening. There is flush with capital is the reality and the unfortunate truth for a lot of people. And so rather than you trying to get this, you know, ideal single family home, which is not going to be doable with your budget, you might have to have that realistic thing of like most people is start off with something manageable within your budget, within your means, choose between location, type of home, um, uh, square foot, beds and bath. And understand, like, live in it for a couple of years and then down the road, do what these people are doing right now to trade up if they wanted to or keep it as a rental and move on to the next one. Rather than try to keep trying to tend the market, keep trying to outsafe. We know for a fact that interest rates are expected to rise. We know prices are likely to rise as well. It's not a zero-sum game. I don't think prices will decline just because interest rates rise because the buyer demand side is so high. I think both will continue to rise. So if you have that in mind, you have to understand, okay, well, where are my options and where can I get a reasonable search? That's the key of this market is having a reasonable search. If you're not seeing at least five or 10 homes every week, you may want to expand your search radius, give yourself more options. Consider areas that you haven't considered before. There may be a lot nicer than you may think because you just never have looked into it. You're always maybe thinking about the existing place that you've always been around. But this is why it's so important to have a little bit more open uh, eye, especially if you're not finding too much. Because you can take a look. There's 332 new homes in Alameda. This is more than every week in December. Santa Clara is no different, right? Santa Clara is 352. This is much higher than it was December. So that excuse of not finding any more homes is an excuse. It's the price range may be outside your range now. That may be the real truth of what has happened over the last weeks, months, in year. So understand like that's the key. There is no shortage of homes that come on the market. There is no shortage. And this is not expected to change, right? People are hoping for foreclosures. That's not happening. People, what happened with that eviction moratorium? What happened to that story? Like, wasn't everybody kind of clinging on for that and, and saying, oh, well, let's, let's wait for that. And all of a sudden we're going to get infinite now more. And now the market is going to change. And it's going to be a buyer's market. Like, where do those stories go? How many more reasons or excuses are you gonna are you gonna try to come up with, right? Now, I'm not saying things won't change, but the fact is, like, what are the other catalysts? Like, what other catalysts are you hoping for? And I think that's the hard truth. And this is why I bring this up every time: is you got to understand where can you buy, where are your options, where should you reasonably looking, and then you'll be very successful. If you don't, you're not gonna find anything. And that's um, that's that's the name of the game. And that's what I help all of my clients do up front is understand where should you be searching? Where is realistic options? And now you focus in those areas, because if you find something historic in the past of a similar size and condition, you will then find something similar moving forward. But if you didn't find anything in the past, it's not going to be all of a sudden it's going to show up. That's not how it works unless the market is declining. That's the only way where uh, the trends uh, aren't able to help. Right. But either way, it's all predictable. Uh, the key is the right expectations and making something work. I hope this was helpful. Of course, if you or anyone you know has any question about the market, reach out to me anytime. My number is below. You can text me, email me, or follow me on social Instagram, Bay Area Tech Realtor. I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.